Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Tech Talk. I'm Juliette Beauchamp. I am here with Jason James, the CIO of NetHealth. Today, we're talking about healthcare security, so be sure to stick around. All right, JJ, thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. So you are the CIO of Annette Health. Could you tell us a little bit, first of all, about what you do and then why healthcare security is so important to your organization? Sure. So I am CIO of NetHealth. NetHealth is headquartered out of Pittsburgh. I'm actually in Atlanta. I live in Atlanta. Uh, I have teams throughout the United States. We're in multiple states. Uh, And we do everything from um, wound care and patient care all the way through what's called the post-acute continuum. Post-acute is everything outside of the hospital. So Think of it as assisted living, uh, rehab, skilled nursing facilities, and hospice. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when we deal with patient data, we're dealing with patient data all the way from the hospital to end-of-life care. And so that affects millions of Americans. And so there's so much that goes into making sure that you're obviously securing all of your patients' data. Because the way that I think about medical data is that it's not just you're securing someone's browsing history. You're not securing their passwords, which are obviously important things to secure, but you're securing their intimate personal medical records. And there's obviously regulations you have to follow, like HIPAA. But could you tell us why exactly it's so important to secure this data and how you go about that? Sure. And so from a, from a legal or compliance perspective, uh, healthcare organizations do fall, with under, uh, fall under HIPAA, which uh, outlines uh, the the legal ramifications of protecting patient data. Um, What makes it a little bit different than protecting credit card data is that the fines and penalties can be not only monetary in in fines, but also jail time. And so Mm. uh, none of us wants to go to jail, first of all. So we we definitely want to uh, protect that data. But we also have um, a different kind of obligation. We're protecting people's most valuable, most sensitive information uh, from getting out in the hands of others. That data can be used for nefarious purposes. And if you if you look at the ecosystem, if you look at the, the world we live in right now, unfortunately, the United States has a, a massive opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. And as a result, uh, people are, are, are taking pain pills. They're, they're resorting to illegal means to get those pain pills. And one way they do it are through uh, stolen healthcare records. And so if you look at a 2018 study by Trustwave, healthcare records fetch as much as $250 a piece. To wow. give you a, just some kind of comparison, your social security number on the dark web only goes for about 10 to 25 cents. And oh the reason those records are so valuable on the dark web is because someone through nefarious means could to take a prescription, open up uh, a refill, say it's a 90-day supply of painkillers, uh, go to South Dakota, get that filled, mm-hmm. move over to Louisiana, get it filled, move over to another state and get it filled. Those pills can sometimes go for 10 to $25 a piece. On the black market. And so what had been a $250 record could easily equate to uh, $10,000 of illegal drugs. And so we have an obligation to not only stop that criminal trade, so to speak, but mm-hmm. also have a responsibility to try to stem uh, 
the opioid addiction in America by limiting what people can get access to. And the way healthcare providers actually secure that data is through multiple levels. You know, we everything from data that's encrypted at rest, whether it be on uh, cloud storage or traditional um, hosting models, uh, using multiple layers of security to protect everything from the web browser to data encryption at rest and in flight, uh, to also restricting even the IT organization that has access to those records. Even a CIO, I don't have access into servers within our data center. There's no need for it. Mm -hmm. And so we go by least um, need, right, in terms of privilege. So if you look at privilege, who needs it? Do they need it to do their job? How often do they need it? And how is that audited? You know, if you look at a lot of our product lines, our, our logging capability takes up a lion's share of our total storage because we need that granularity to say, OK, who looked at it? Why did they look at it? When did they look at it? Uh, whether it's needed to, um, you know, support a case with the Department of Justice or even to support uh, claims records. Sure. That's really interesting. I think it's obvious to me upon first glance that if this is something that people would want that hackers would want healthcare data. But I think it's interesting. We've talked before um, about sort of healthcare as a hugely targeted vertical when it comes to attacks. Why are people choosing the healthcare industry to attack over other more traditional industries, anything else? Sure. And to to give you some kind of insight, right? Uh, According to McAfee, ransomware attacks just on the healthcare sector were up 100% just in the first quarter of this year. Wow. Uh, That has not slowed down. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going after hospitals. They're going after small providers. uh, For the simple fact is those records are, number one, so valuable if they can get their hands on it. Sure. Uh, In a ransomware attack, the idea is to not necessarily take that data, but prevent... um, those providers from getting to the data. And so if you look at ransomware attacks in the United States, uh, not only in the United States, but elsewhere, the idea is if you target healthcare, if you target utilities, if you target cities, mm-hmm. uh, they're more likely to respond because they have to be up and online. That makes total sense. Now, I'm thinking about how instead of, you obviously have all this data about your patients, how are you, if you are, are you ever using that data in-house to sort of help with patient outcomes or are you using any sort of um, program that sure. doesn't necessarily, you still want to obviously keep that data secure, but you still want to be able to use that for your own help? To well, help well part of it has to be used for patient outcomes. So if you look mm-hmm. at a regulatory change that you create, uh, the if you look at a regulatory change that occurred earlier this year uh, called PDPM, it was the largest regulatory change in post-acute in the last 20 years. And part of that was not to just bill by minute, but bill by outcome. And mm-hmm. so tools have to look at, is the patient receiving the right amount of treatment? Mm-hmm. Are they improving through that treatment? It's not a just about prescribing the number of minutes and hoping there's an outcome, but actually doing the work in order to get a positive outcome for the patient. That makes sense. And I think it's also something that it's, you're not necessarily always thinking about it as you're a patient, that all of this data is being used for obviously good reason. You just think you're you're telling your doctor, uh, yeah, my headache went away after I took some 
ibuprofen, right. no big deal. <laughs> right. So I want to maybe shift gears a little bit. Still in the healthcare security realm, obviously a really big story that broke recently was Google's move to work with Ascension, which is, I believe, one of the largest hospital providers in the United States. I There's obviously some concern about this because Ascension basically sure. handed over their um, patients' medical records to Google. And of course, Google still has to be HIPAA compliant. But I'm curious your thoughts on how a huge company like Google, which is sure used to handling data, but not necessarily medical data, how might that be a challenge for them? Well, you know, the good thing is Google has the means to meet that challenge, right? <laughs> and uh, let's just say I have no insider information on that deal. So there's nothing sure. I can share. This is just me as a technologist observing the deal. And so what Google's trying to do is also build some form of barricade against the challenge of healthcare from Amazon. Mm -hmm. So Amazon, uh, was either last year or the year before, bought PillPack, and PillPack enables them to distribute medicine and healthcare to uh, all patients in the United States. Um, there, there's no mistake that they want to move into that world. And so with Google looking at that data with Ascension, it gives them the ability to bring AI to bear in, in into those records and look at using artificial intelligence to either look for outcomes, either look for, uh, you know, overlaps, overcharge. There's so much that could be brought to bear, especially with those number of records. Keep in mind, um, it was a big surprise to everyone, so much so that the federal go government is now looking uh, at an investigation, uh, you know, mm -hmm. how they're protecting it. Uh, Google does claim that they do have the means and resources to protect it. Um, you know, they be part of their uh, Google Compute Cloud is uh, HIPAA compliant. I don't know where they're going to store this data. I assume it would be there. Um, but with that is what you're going to see is the largest players in the world will be moving into healthcare. They are moving into healthcare, whether it be Amazon or Google or even Microsoft. Um, solving the healthcare problem in the United States is a trillion dollar industry, right? Mm -hmm. And when I mean solving that, there's so many problems within the industry and the problems are uh, how are, are patients getting care? What are their systems are being used? You know, I went to the doctor last year and, you know, while a lot of things are on electronic medical records, they still had me fill out a lot of paperwork. And that's just something that, you know, can be solved. That's something companies are solving. That's something we as a company as NetHealth are solving. But other organizations like Google are, are going to push into that industry because it's such a large industry to disrupt. And uh, with it, you know, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how players are, are, frankly, what players are left at the end of it. Absolutely. I'm thinking from a patient perspective that for the most part, they didn't necessarily, obviously, they might have known that their healthcare provider has their healthcare data, but they might not necessarily know that all of a sudden Google now has their healthcare data. Do you think that patients should be concerned? Should they be frustrated? And how is, how is Ascension able to just give their patients' data to Google? Sure. Well, uh, within any uh, healthcare organization, there there are uh, privacy documents you sign, and mm -hmm. uh, I don't I don't know what those privacy documents said uh, for Ascension patients, but um, you know I, I think a lot of patients were surprised. You know, if you see the the sort of um, 
Twitterverse light up when the <laughs> when the news broke uh, is that uh, people they didn't know it was happening. They weren't aware it was happening. Um, with it, I think is going to become quite a few challenges uh, from a legal perspective. Uh, it, it's far from over. I think when you do look at it, um, you know, Ascension was hoping, and again, I have no insider knowledge, they were hoping to use an industry leader like Google uh, to bring about innovation and disruption into the healthcare industry to provide better care for their patients, better analytics. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at the use of AI, it's not about just speeding up outcomes or, or better pattern recognition, but uh, to look for innovative ways, you know, it might be everything from, and again, this is purely speculative, but if you took that patient data and you also offset it with what was happening in terms of weather patterns, hmm. did you, did they need, uh, more walkers in place when temperatures dropped in the uh, Northeast by 20 degrees? And if so, did, did they have the right inventory in place? Did they move their their um, logistics in, into place? You know, when when temperatures rise in the, the southeast by five degrees, is there also any kind of uh, increase in mosquito borne illnesses? You know, th these are things that you need AI uh, to be able to determine. And having such a large data footprint like Ascension being brought to bear with AI leads to the potential of looking for outcomes and looking for pattern recognitions in a way that has been very difficult to do in the past. Sure. So do you see this as a really important step in using AI for much more patient, many more patients' treatment plans? Was AI on the up and up or is this just sort of the beginning? I, it's just sort of the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think what we're going to see are, are more and more healthcare providers looking at AI to do everything from uh, the analysis, like I spoke about, uh, to do everything from patient care. If you look at, you know, what can be done even in, you know, neonatal, right? What sure. happens when, uh, you know, a child's temperature rises two degrees post-surgery? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean for infection avoidance or even long-term care? And having that uh, amount of data will ultimately get us better care. Uh, if you look at uh, AI that can be brought to bear, even from an individual perspective, like, you know, I'm wearing an Apple Watch right now. You know, the, 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 the latest generation has an ECG built in that was right. approved by the federal government. And there, there's all these instances of people avoiding massive heart attacks because their watch said, hmm, your heart looks funny. Uh, maybe you should get that checked out and they have, and they've avoided, you know, catastrophic heart attacks. I think when you start looking at AI being brought to the individual level, it's not only about, um, disease avoidance, but, uh, improving healthcare, whether it be, you know, something to say, look, you know, we, we noticed what you're eating. Maybe you should not eat that. And maybe you should get up and walk a little more. I mean, you know, since I've been sitting here, my, my watch has told me to stand up a couple of times. Before I let you go, JJ, I just have one more question for you. As a CIO of a healthcare organization, I'm curious how you and your organization are trying to strike a balance between being innovative, working hard to use technology to improve patient treatment, patient outcomes, but also maintaining the highest level of security over that sensitive data. How do you reconcile the two? 
you know, first and foremost, security is paramount. Mm -hmm. uh, with that, we also have to strike that balance of, of, of delivering solutions for people. You know, if you look at the security issue, not only in healthcare, but other industries, security is a people problem. And so uh, we have to do a better job as an industry of educating our people. Uh, at NetHealth, what we've done is we've taken a very hands-on approach, security reports into me. And so we do everything from our own simulated phishing attacks to educate our workforce and, um, you know, reduce the risk of these issues happening. Because if you take email into consideration, no organization blocks email. Mm -hmm. But all these security threats we talked about, they all come in through email. Right. And so, um, you know, if, if, you're an, if you're an IT organization and you're running Office 365, you should probably make sure you're subscribing to Office 365 Advanced uh, Threat Protection, the, the, the highest tier, right? And making sure you're looking at, you know, the threats that are coming in through email. Look at tools like Proofpoint and Know Before and train your users on how to spot uh, phishing and how to spot, you know, other threats. And so, uh, it has to be taken in holistically. So when you look at these challenges, it's, it's more than just tools. You know, it's, it's like the ultimate goal of it is, is people process technology mm -hmm. in that order. And in order to maintain a level of performance and security, we start first and foremost with the people. They're our most important asset, but they're also, uh, within any organization, our largest risk. And so we have to make sure they're aware mm -hmm. of, of what's happening. Everything from changes in the environments like uh, how to spot cryptocurrency to how to avoid uh, phishing attacks to how to look for ransomware and how to best protect not only corporate data, but their own personal data. And so um, as, a, as an industry, we've got to uh, solve these issues by focusing first and foremost on our people. Great. Thank you so much, JJ. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Learned a lot. And I guess we'll be seeing in the coming days, coming weeks, months, honestly, probably years, how this Google Ascension deal works out. So I'll be keeping it in mind and this conversation in mind. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. And thank you all for watching this episode of Tech Talk. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We will be happy to answer any questions that you have in the comments. So be sure to leave one and I'll see you next time.